Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate source for developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. Global suspense. I want to take you back to the time of Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem of 2,000 years ago. And uh, the book of John, chapter 10, verses 22 to 24 the Bible says, now it was the Feast of Dedication. Hebrew is Hanukkah. Dedication is Hanukkah. The Feast of Dedication, the Feast of Hanukkah. And it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. And it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him. And, he said, to, and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? Actually, the word in the Greek is suspense. If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. I can almost picture George from Seinfeld angry and, and saying that. Tell us if that's you, tell us. Don't keep us in suspense. Because there was suspense. And there is suspense. The word in the Greek is "iris." In fact, the whole, the whole verse. Encircle therefore him the Jews. They were saying to him until when the souls of us hold you in suspense. The souls, psychen, psycho, psychen. Until... This is like we're in suspense. Our souls, if it's you, tell us. Isn't that true that our world feels like a pressure cooker right now? There is suspense everywhere. But that suspense began not with the Jews and not with humans. It started with Satan in Genesis chapter 3. Because the first ever Bible prophecy given to anyone was actually to him, about him. The Bible says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life, and I will, now oh, it's a prophecy, it's a future, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. It's the first Ever Bible prophecy. He's going to kill you. You're only going to irritate. Your end has just been pronounced. Just so you know. And I, 
God also told him how? By who? And from that point on, Satan is on the run, on the defense and on the offense, of finding out who is that seed of the woman that is going to crush his head, basically. In Genesis 22, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, God is telling Abraham, that your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies in your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. There you go, that seed all over again. That word, that nightmare of Satan. Suspense is building up. Galatians 3 speaks of that thing with Abraham saying, Now to Abraham and his, what? Seed. Where the promise is made, he does not say, and to seeds. That's why I know that in Genesis 22, what was God speaking about? Or who was he speaking about? Jesus. Who had to come from the seed of the nation of Israel that came from the seed of Abraham. And not to seeds, but as many, but as of one and to your seed. Who is, you don't have to guess. Paul, this ex-ultra-orthodox Jew. He was not a Gentile. He studied the book of Genesis. And finally, by the revelation of Jesus Christ, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he finally understands what this seed is all about. Who is that seed? Who is Christ. And from Genesis 3... On, Satan is trying to stop this prophecy from coming to pass. And this is why he's, he's confused. Then comes Cain and Abel. And who is going to be the one? I mean, is it who is a nicer guy? Abel? Okay, I make sure that Cain is killing Abel and that's it. We're done. No. He didn't plan on having another one coming. And after the flood, Abraham is chosen. And then Israel is becoming a nation. So let's try and eradicate that nation as long as the seed will not come and will not be there to crush my head. Suspense. And then the suspense started evolving. And then Abraham, nice guy, Iraqi by the way, if you're wondering. You know, most of the Bible is not about Canada or America or Mexico. It's the Middle East, you know. And then that Iraqi who was not even a Jew. The Lord said to him, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Did he give him the name of the land? Did he give him the coordinates? Did he give him the exact location? Was he texted to him? Did Siri say something? Nothing. 
The suspense thus begins. But one thing he told him is amazing. I will make you what? A great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. You don't have to bless those who bless you. This is not, I will bless those who bless you. That's how it works. Because I'm the one who is taking you out of your house. I'm the one who is showing you the place I want you to be. So I'm the one who is also responsible to bless you. And I will be responsible to bless those who bless you. But I will also be responsible to what? Curse him who curses you. And then look what he says. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. Now suspense is building up. Then Abraham in Genesis 17 fell on his face and laughed when the news about his next generation came to him. Come to a hundred-year-old guy and tell him that he's about to be a father. <laughs> you know. He knows one or two things about, you know, biology by then. Aaron fell on his face and laughed. Can you imagine? God is sending people to tell, to tell Abraham something amazing. And Abraham listens to it and boom, boom, falls on his face laughing. And he said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? I mean, maybe, if, maybe, possible, could be, I will, but hello, Sarah? Come on. Has to be something else around. And then God said, no. Think about it. He says, oh, that Ishmael might live before. He's, he's laughing. He's saying, oh, he probably means Ishmael. That's what it's all about. And God says, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear your son. And you shall call his name what? Isaac. Yitzchak. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. God says, look, Abraham, I don't know if you understand that, but I call the shots here. <laughs> See, when I say that things are going to happen, they're going to happen, whether you like it or not. You better believe they're going to happen. Yes, this 90-year-old, not only that she's going to bear a son for you, you better listen to her about Ishmael and his mom. If she says they need to go, they need to go. Listen to your wife, Abraham. Now all the women are... <laughs> I knew there's a verse about it. And then after Isaac comes Jacob, and from Jacob comes the nation of Israel. And now there is that same suspense, that same suspense regarding that seed, that same suspense regarding the seed that is going to come and do what? And crush the head of Satan. But not just crush the head of Satan, but will what? Will give us what? Peace. They didn't think about the peace in their heart. And peace in their land. Prosperity. They didn't think about the prospering of the soul. They were thinking about the prospering of the land. Wow. There has to be that who comes. Therefore, when they saw Jesus, tell us 
How long can you keep us in suspense? You're killing us. Israel's suspense began in Genesis, continued throughout the entire Old Testament. The whole essence of the nation of Israel is Christ. Everything about Israel is, is something that has to do with Jesus. You cannot take Jesus away from Israel. Israel has to do with Jesus. Messiah and Israel are one. It, he had to come from them. He had to come to them. He will return for them. All of that is together. This whole nation was the way for God to bring him to the world. Any attempt of any person around the world from a pulpit or from, I don't know where, to disconnect the nation of Israel from Jesus is from the pit of hell. The entire Bible, let's say all the, the Old Testament, that is what the Jews are calling their Bible. All of it is filled with Jesus. All of it is filled with the expectation, the suspense that is about to come. Genesis 4.25, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son, and he named him Seth, for God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. You see, God, nothing stops God from fulfilling it. This is the one thing Satan didn't know. Another one is in the oven. <laughs> Genesis 6, 7 to 8. For the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. But both men and beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah, God did not do that. Why? Because there is a mission. There is a seed. There is something that is greater than all of this. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 49.10. What is that amazing thing that was given to Jacob? Look, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, for, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until what? Shiloh. It's one of the names of the Messiah in the Old Testament. Until Shiloh, until the Messiah comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Numbers 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on the pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. And we all know later on in New Testament what all of these things meant. Deuteronomy 18, for the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. Moses is saying, and then from your midst, from your brethren, he has to be born of the tribe of Judah, of the nation of Israel. He will not come from the outer space and land in a spaceship. He will be born as a child. He will grow. He will come out of the people. Him. You shall hear. Even in the era of the conquest in Ruth, we know. Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, But if you yourself, so he, uh, so he took 
off his sandals and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have, I have bought all that was Elimelech's and that all was Kilion's and Machlon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabite, which is a picture of the Gentile church, the widow of Machlon, I have acquired as what? As my wife. To perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. That the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. And under even the United Kingdom, we know in 2 Samuel, you know, when, when Samuel, we, we, we all know um, how we, we can clearly see that the anointing of David came. But then the promise, the promise was, I will establish, look what he says. Look what David says. I will, the Lord says to David, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him by the rod of the men. And look what he continues. And then he says, I remove from the floor. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established. What? Forever. There is no earthly king that receives such a promise that his throne will be established forever. No such thing. And the book of Psalm, from Psalm 2 to Psalm 22 to Psalm 45 to Psalm 72 to Psalm 110, all of those are a picture of Jesus. And even after the kingdom was divided, we see in Isaiah, Isaiah is the prophet that led me to the Lord. I, I never read a single verse in the New Testament. I didn't even think that the New Testament is for the Jews. I thought it's a Gentile book for Gentile people, and I don't need that. So I read Isaiah, and I saw, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has led on him the iniquity of us all. I read that and I couldn't believe. This is the Jewish Old Testament speaking so vividly and so clearly of the one that will come to take all the sins of the whole world. And no synagogue is teaching that. Yet it is there in the Bible. This is the forbidden chapter, Isaiah 53. And then Jeremiah 23. Behold, the days coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of what? Righteousness. Tzedakah. Oh, and a king shall, shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. These prophets, all the prophets, the Bible says in 1 Peter, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. They were busy, all the prophets, of this salvation. They didn't know. They were unsuspect. They, this whole thing, waiting for the coming of the Messiah, is the essence of what they were all talking about. Even during the Babylonian exile, 
I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, Ezekiel wrote. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken. There was always in the Jewish uh, tradition, the greater David, the greatest David, which is the Messiah himself. Daniel chapter 7, we all know about his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And even after the Babylonian exile, Zechariah chapter 3 verse 8, Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming to you. The suspense is getting more and more intense. And then Christ was born. And you would think that, you would think that the suspense is over. Well, it was over for some people. For those of the people that truly seek the true Messiah, suspense was over. Those who knew the scriptures and understood when the fulfillment of the time had arrived, for them, the suspense was over. Old Simeon in the temple, a Jew. The Bible says, behold, in Luke chapter 2, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And to this man was just, he was what? This man was just and devout, waiting what? Waiting. That's the suspense. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it, because the Holy Spirit was not sealed in anyone in those days. The Holy Spirit would come upon someone and leave, could leave. That's why David prayed, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And, and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him. How? By the Holy Spirit. That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, Joseph and Mary, brought the child, Jesus, to him, for him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, Okay, the suspense is over. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. Okay, I can die now. It's over. According to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. What was the name of Jesus in Hebrew? Yeshua. What is the Hebrew word for salvation? Yeshua. You see, my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes are looking at Yeshua. For, and then he says, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. And look what he says now. Now, now he's talking about you. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Amen. And the glory of your people, Israel. See, up until then, up until that moment, Gentiles had no revelation. Gentiles did whatever they want. Gentile worshiped so many different gods, so many different things, have so many different temples, so many different weird uh, foods, whatever. You call it whatever. Uh, one pig, you call it ham, you call it bacon, you call it whatever. Uh, it's fine, do whatever you want. But then he says there is a point. That's it. He is now bringing that light of revelation. And oh, 
It's amazing. Jesus was born, and, and now today, 2,000 years later, we're arguing about the date. So important. How foolish it is to argue about that. You know, by the way, first of all, the Bible says exactly when he was born. You know when? Galatians 4 says, But when the fullness of the time has come, God sent forth his son. That's it. In other words, he was born on time. In other words, he was born exactly when God wanted him to be born. And it doesn't matter if you think it's August, September, April, or December. Who cares when your birthday is? It's more important that you are here with us. Who cares the day? You know, I have a friend. He's a pastor. His mom, all she remembers is that she was born in 1934. So they gave her March 21st as a birthday. Why? Because the father is also March 21st, and they can do it together. <laughs> Save money. And then she moved to an elderly home. And then they found out there's another person there on March uh, 21st. So, so they changed her to a different date. Because so she will feel, you know, special. Because the date, who cares? It's about the person. I will not celebrate Christmas. Are you celebrating the 24th, the 25th, or are you celebrating the birth of Christ? But then there's also the world's suspense. Hmm. The world is on suspense. The world is expecting a Messiah. The world could care less about the details as long as that man will bring what we need. Take us out of this mess. That's it. Allow me to remind you what Paul Henry Spock, he used to be the Secretary General of NATO and also the ex-Prime Minister of Belgium. And look what he said. We do not want another committee. We had too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all the people and to lift us up out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man, and whether he will be God or devil, we will receive him. And by the way, this is exactly the mindset of the world. Not of the church, not even of Israel. Israel will never say such a thing. Send us a man, but we don't want him to be the devil. No. But this, you know, at this point, who cares? The world is conditioned to receive such a thing. Second Thessalonians, we read it a few times today. That lawless one will be revealed from, the, from uh, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. He will come. The Lord will consume him. He is going to rise. You can protest as much as you want. You can stand outside of his house. You can say, I am not allowing you to rise. You know what? He will rise. You know why? Because God said it's going to happen. You know why? Because God knows this world. You know why? Because God understands the future and thus he sent us an email with an attachment. And he says, hey, by the way, just so you know, this is all that is going to happen. It's not maybe, possibly, could be. It will happen. And so when he speaks about these things, he speaks about these things as a fact. 
He says, the Lord will consume him with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. When will the Antichrist will be destroyed? The brightness of whose coming? Jesus. At what coming? The second coming. When Jesus will come back, not for us, but with us. You see, when, he, when Jesus comes for us, he's not coming to earth. Hello? Our meeting place is not here. Not a beautiful coast or an, 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 an beach of Santa Monica or whatever. No. We are going to meet Jesus in the clouds. Okay? It goes like that. He comes halfway. We go halfway. Oh, I don't know how to fly. You don't need to. You don't need to. This body is not going to fly. Don't worry. You can try. It's not going to fly. You need a new body. You need a body that will completely be different without a single cell from this one. This is, this is a tent. This is a lowly body. Yeah, I've been working on It is still lowly. <laughs> Your body cannot enter the kingdom of God. This cannot inherit the kingdom of God, the Bible says. That's why you're going, he's going to give you. And how fast can he, can he make this body a new one? Boom. A twinkling of an eye. Boom. And that's when the law of physics, the gravity and all of that will not even be affecting this new body. You're going to be out of here. You're going to meet Jesus in the air. And, 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 and so that's, you know, now it's the time for the, for the world to enjoy that man or devil that they've been waiting for. And he's going to be destroyed. Revelation 13. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. And his feet were like feet of a bear. And his mouth like a mouth of a lion. Dragon gave him his power. The dragon, Satan, is going to give this man his power. And he's giving his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it has been mortally wounded. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and Follow that beast. So they worshipped the dragon. Look, they saw the Antichrist. And who did they really worship? Satan. They worshipped the dragon. Who gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? This is the boastful attitude of this world. Who? And that's why I love Psalm 2. God is looking and he's laughing. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> so the world is in suspense. But what about creation? Creation is in suspense too. Romans 8 says, For the earnest expectation of the creation, what? Eagerly waits for what? For the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Creation. Everybody wants, you know, uh, to save earth. Save earth. You cannot save earth until you save sin. Until you solve sin's problem. That's the problem why earth suffers. Sin. Oh, I want to stay sinful, but I want to heal the world. It's not going to work. It's going to get worse and worse. What if, if you really think about it, most of the cata 
catastrophic things that are going to happen during the tribulation we're not, when we're not here are things that are going to hit the world, the earth, creation. It's going to be horrific. What's going to happen to islands? What's going to happen to the fish? What's going to happen to the water? What's going to happen to the trees? We, all, we know what's going to happen. You and I are wiser than even the most educated person on the best committee for the future of planet Earth. We know what's going to happen. Amen. Of course, now they want to put us in straight jacket if we say something. <laughs> Second Peter 3 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be what? Burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwell. Amazing. And there's also the church suspense. You see, those same, those same prophets that inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you the prophets of the Old Testament were inquiring who is it going to be that is going to come to you, to us. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of who? The spirit of, can we see the verse please? Do we have the verse? Yes, thank you. The spirit of what? The spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating the spirit of Christ was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow to them to those prophets it was revealed that not to themselves those prophets were not just working for their own generation they were not just suffering for the people of Israel at that time look to them it was revealed not to themselves, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which even the angels desire to look into. Wow, suspense all over. Now, I want to tell you something. Is the suspense of his first coming over for you? And the reason why I'm asking this is, in John chapter 3, we understand that he came. It's a, it's a done deal. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That was the first coming of the Messiah. He who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is what? Condemned already. You see, all people on planet Earth 
were condemned already. The thing is, the minute we became believers, we were plucked out of the condemned already into the not condemned part. So he who believes is not condemned. Who, he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only, there is no other name by which man can be healed or saved, the only begotten Son of God. The believers should not be in suspense regarding the coming of the Lord. Our suspense is over. We already know who he is. We already know why he came. We already believe in him. We already have the Holy Spirit. We already have that peace that surpasses all understanding. We already have that life, this new life, new heart, new spirit. Our suspense is over. But something else should be birthed in us instead of that suspense. And that's the anticipation. First Thessalonians. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son, to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from? He delivers us from? The wrath to come. Not through the wrath, but from the wrath. Jesus will take us from. He will take us before the wrath. So we will not go through the wrath. Titus 2. For the grace of God that brought, brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that in denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for. We're not anxious. This is no longer suspense of who he is. It's looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of who? We already know who he is. Of who? Of our great God. He's not a man only. He's a man and he's God. This is not just a man. This is not someone who is a human only. He is God who came in the shape of a man, but he's God, the, the deity of Christ. That matters. All other sects and all other uh, cults, the first thing they deny is his deity. First thing. Jehovah Witnesses, they knock on your door. They don't believe in Jesus' deity. But we, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of who? Of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. You need to be zealous for good works. That's what you need to, that's how you need to live right now. Yeah, but our Pelosi is running again. Who cares? Pelosi is running again. So what? You still need to be zealous for good works. That's who we are agents of righteousness. That's what he wants us to be. Jude 1, 20, 21. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We already know who he is. There is no suspense here. We know his name. And we know that whatever he started with us, it is going to be for what? Eternal life. 
1 John 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed that we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like when He is revealed. What do, what do you mean revealed? When he appears, we will change. And we will be what? Just like him. We shall see him as he is. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. The moment the longing for his return began is, of course, Act chapter 1. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him. You know, so many Christians don't believe in the rapture. Oh, how come people just go up and they go to the cloud? What is it? It's, it sounds fantastic. Well, let's read Acts chapter 1 regarding Jesus. Okay? Cloud received him out, in their, out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And he said, men of Galilee... Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. In other words, you see that cloud? You see that cloud? Hello? You see that cloud receiving him? He's going to come back to that cloud. Same Jesus, not a different one. Not Isa or whatever or some, you know, it's not the, the, the one of the Quran or it's not some, this is Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, Minatzeret, Jesus of Nazareth, who is man and God. This is the promised Messiah. This is the seed. He is coming back in the same manner that you saw him taken. You will also be taken. <laughs> Acts 17, truly these times of ignorance. Paul is standing in the midst of... <sighs> in the midst of Archaeopagus uh, in, the, in the Athens, and he's looking at all these scholars. Oh, we know better. <laughs> and he says, remember when Messiah was born? Remember what Simeon says? This is light of revelation to the Gentiles. Remember the time of playing games is over? Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked. And let's read together. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent. God, Paul is standing in the middle of Athens and he's telling everyone, so far you've been building your shrines and temples, different gods. Okay, God overlooked all of this. But now, now, he commands. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Not few people, all people. He commands them to give money. No. He commands them to start dancing and rolling down the aisle. No. <laughs> he commands them first to what? Repent. There is no church that, is, that should teach that, 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 that salvation can come without repentance. Repentance is the first thing that is required. And, and why? 
Why repentance is so required? Why? Because he says, that man whom he raised, he will also judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he raised, he ordained, he is giving assurance of, to all of us of this by raising him from the dead. Amen. And I want to tell you something. Without the first coming, the second coming is pointless. Make it very clear. When the Jews are waiting for him to come, riding a horse or whatever, they, they should have understood that first he should have been on a donkey. And they should have also understood that he came to first deliver them from their own sins. He first came as a servant, as a suffering one, to bear their sins. And that's when he can come back as a as a king to conquer and to kill all their enemies and to, of course, to, to reign and rule. What's the point of having the Messiah coming to rule when you're what? When you don't even know him personally. Hebrews 9. And that is it appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and to those, let's read together, to those who what? Eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. And it's going to be the salvation of your body. Hello? The most important thing is that you trust in what he did at his first coming before you're looking for his second coming. You see, as believers, the suspense of his first coming is over. We do not need anymore to find out who he is. Now, we need to eagerly wait for his appearance. We're no longer in suspense of someone or something. We are anticipating the appearance of someone we already know personally. The point is this, if you don't know Jesus personally, you will always remain in suspense. Jesus came to give us peace that surpasses all understanding. How come half of us are frantic, are so, are so you know, obsessed with, you know, when and what? And what? Guys, first of all, he's coming in an hour you don't know. <laughs> Let's start with that. Second, he's coming to people who are waiting for him and who are ready. When you're ready, it doesn't matter what you're doing and where you're at. You're ready. Can you imagine if Jesus would have told us, I'm coming on May 21st, 2023. Half of you will be in Vegas until then. Now we know the day. Don't worry, a week before we'll be on our knees. Are you eagerly awaiting his return? But the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Romans 8, not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of what? Our body. We've been redeemed already, but our body, look at our body. Look at this. Look at yourself. You have to think 50,000 times before you eat the donut. We have a, a, a say in Hebrew, is it butt-worthy? I'm sorry, that's Hebrew. 
Romans 8.25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. 1 Corinthians 1.7, so that we, you, you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the re, re, revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.5, 5, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Eagerly wait. It's not suspense anymore. We know who He is. We have the peace in our heart. We are workers of righteousness. We're not sitting in front of YouTube and, and when is it? Who said the day? Oh yeah, this is the day. It matches the stars. It matches the sun. We see this. We see, now, look, all of them are like that all the time. Oh yeah, it's coming. Oh, I'm selling all my stocks. I'm going up the mountain. I'm changing my clothes. Um, I mean, it's like, what happened to you? And then when you sell the world all of these theories about blood moons and this and that, nothing happens. Everybody looks at you as fools. You did the wrong service. The church is not waiting for the physical return of Jesus to earth, but rather the physical departure of the church from earth into heaven. And I want you to know that even for Israel, there's coming an end to that suspense. What was anticipation for the early church and even believers today remains suspense for unbelieving Israel. But Zechariah says, I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication and say the word, then. Say then. then. Not before. Unfortunately, I wish it was before, but only then when they see him. They will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn. What comes right after you understand that he is the Messiah? What's the first thing? Repentance. You understand how filthy you are? You understand how holy he is? You understand you made a mistake 2,000 years ago? You understand it's him? It's the same one we rejected 2,000 years ago. You start crying and mourning. That's such a mourn as one for his only son and grieves as one grieves for a firstborn. Zechariah 13 speaks of the fact, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And I will turn my hand against the little ones, and I, and it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord. Now, unfortunately, this is going to happen to Israel. Two-thirds of it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. I will bring the one-third through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. And they will call on my name and I will answer them. And I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. And then Zechariah 14, then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fight in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet, his feet, Jesus' feet, he's coming back to reign. He's going to look like a king. He's coming as a king, and his feet will stand on Mount of Olive. It's not going to be in Utah, and it's not going to be in New York City. It's going to be the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. 
and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north and the other half towards the south. Then you shall flee through the my mountain's valley, from the mountain valley shall reach to Azal. And look what he says, thus the Lord my God will come. And what? Hello? Oh, no, 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 no. That was, that was, oh, I'm embarrassed. Please delete that from the video. Again, together. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. He's coming with us. Romans 11, 25 to 27, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion. You see, when you are ignorant of God's things, you become wise in your own opinion. Oh, I know better. Ooh, la, la, ooh, la, la. I'm a doctor, I'm a professor, I have all the degrees. Ladies and gentlemen, blindness in part has happened in, to Israel until there's an expiration date. Until... It's not going to be forever until, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Until the last Gentile person has to be added. Until the last moment Gentiles can trample over Jerusalem's temple mount. Until the last moment Gentiles or non-believers can celebrate and, and just think that they hold and control the world. And he says, and then, so, say that. All Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Isaiah 59 verse 20. So I want to conclude with this. There's a global suspense all around us. But we, we know who the Messiah is. We have the peace. We have the joy of our salvation. We have the Holy Spirit. We have a new heart. We have an, the only thing that is not new, the only redemption that is still left is the redemption of our body because he needs to finish that work. And that will happen very fast. Keep on taking care of yourself. I'm not saying don't, but this is not what's going to be in heaven. Okay, I will barely recognize you up there. But I want you to know, I want you to know that for us, the suspense is over. For us, it's over. Don't be frantic. Don't be like someone who is all day long looking for when, for the day, for the day. All you need to live life like right now is that readiness, the expectancy, and to eagerly wait for his return. And this is why in Revelation 22, 20, he who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. And now we say, even so, come Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that for us the suspense is over. We thank you that we know Jesus personally as our Lord and Savior. We thank you that he is God and Savior, not just a man. We thank you that we do not settle for anything but the one you sent to set us free. Father, I ask that you will recalibrate our hearts and minds this afternoon to not look for a day and an hour and a second and a moment and an event, but to remember all that had to happen has happened already. All the signs are all over. The, at this point, 
What we need is to eagerly wait, to be ready, to expect, but to have peace, to have the joy, and to be agents of righteousness, ready for good works. We thank you and we bless you. In the name of the Holy One of Israel, Yeshua, we pray. And all of God people say, Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app available on Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.